Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Esports Wrap. Have you ever been in a situation where you're gaming and someone comes along and tells you, why don't you get off this game, like, go out and have some fun, like, actually go outside? Like, or, you know, someone saying, gaming doesn't really help at all, like, it's, it's not good for you. Uh, how about that there's no future in it? And that it doesn't, like, there's no benefit at all. Well, I'm actually here today to dispute that. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. Now, I'm going to go over some stuff. I'm going to try and make it as simple as possible. Now, I, I can't help if... Some of it is a little over the top. I will try to break it down as much as possible before I get into the more in-depth stuff and keep it as, well, like I said, simple as possible. So, getting into it. I went over a bunch of case studies, um, ranging from like 2004 to just like last year, 2016. And I found a interesting trend. One, people are actually trying to do their best in, how should I say, learning, well, trying to engage their brain in ways that help them to improve their memory, improve um, other skills and abilities, you know, things like that. But not all games are actually made to really help that, even though they may have been touting it off and saying, like, yeah, this game is made for to enhance your memory and like this, that, and the next. And actually, a company got sued because of it. Luminosity, I think is the name called. Uh, they actually had to pay out quite a hefty amount of money because of misadvertisement. Uh, see... There's this thing about um, your brain, and it's called, well, it's two different things, muscle memory and uh, brain plasticity. So the thing about muscle memory that most of us would probably know, it's, um, in short, it's when you, you do a lot of training and it comes to a point where your body just automatically reacts to a certain situation. Um, it could be something as like someone throwing it some, something at you and saying catch and you, your body instantaneously just goes and catches it or you know it could be martial arts you know your body just knows how to defend and whatnot. or it could be putting in a particular password or pin like I know there are situations where I have put in a password so many times when I actually try to remember what the password is, I forget, and I actually have to go and sit down on my computer, well, not on my computer, but by my computer, and to remember the password, I have to actually put it in. That's kind of freaky when you really think about it. Um, but this can also be applied to certain games, like those games, where you do something very similar over and over and over, and it only really helps that one element of your brain. It's like remembering how to really react to that kind of stuff. So it's 
it has its moments of where it helps and it has its moments where it doesn't. So it's a little bit weird. Um, but the overall thing behind um, this is that learning tends to be quite specific to the training regimen and does not always transfer over to similar tasks, or at least as evenly. Um, so for example, if I do training in games, music, athletics, um, they need to be complex. They can't be something simple like me beating a, I don't know, uh, pretty much, for example, like, it can't be simple. It has to be able to go beyond just muscle memory and actually has to help brain plasticity. What the heck is brain plasticity? In short, that's when your brain's innate ability to change shape and get bigger in response to training and learning. So, actually until recently, they found that, well, they thought that the brain had a fixed size, which is kind of awkward because I, as I was raised, I was always told, you know, you got a big head, which means you got like, a lot of brain. And there was always these supervillains that had like the big brains that kind of came out and like after they'd learned a certain amount of knowledge and it continuously got bigger and started to throb and like all that crazy stuff which I don't think actually happens unless you have a genetic defect but uh, this brain, brain plasticity actually can really help like it's become an amazing topic for neuroscientists. The simple fact that it opens up new avenues to learn things faster, and even allows you to start to control different elements of your body, such as uh, muscle growth, which is really weird when you think about it, but I mean, your brain controls a lot of your body functions, so it's not that out there. But uh, yeah. So, actual like benefits. What are they? Um, so, actually, hold on, before I get back to that, I want to finish the, the topic of these brain games, these brain training games. Um, so, they actually do help. They, they help improve blood flow, memory, with those specific things, and strategizing. But complex action games can actually improve visual acu um, acuity, Accuracy, sorry. Uh, special awareness around you and increase gray matter throughout the brain. Now, gray matter is that really important part of your brain that helps thoughts and processes and stuff like that. So, more of that means better memory, and better memory means, hey, that's good stuff. So, not only that, though, it also helps increase global, so that's the entire brain, global brain connectivity which in short equals more interconnectivity between the different aspects of the brain which in turn means or at least it's supposed to correlate to more intelligence because you know you can store things away and be able to pull it back faster and the more stuff you can do that with the more intelligence you have. at least like, that's the whole process and thought behind it correct me if i'm wrong um so how does it really do that uh, well, really and truly different senses. So, 
the need to be more aware in games or to uh, stay alive uh, and the need to be more precise with how you aim things and knowing like I have to put this here to actually get there um, and so you're actually doing a lot of different things to not only that you also have to keep in mind hearing so for example if you hear a sound behind you on the side of you you know there's probably something there and you should either turn around and try to deal with it or run the hack away so while you're dealing with all of that good stuff your brain is also trying to figure out what its next steps are and so your brain's doing a whole lot of stuff and that increases like the training concentration and all that kind of good stuff that really helps your brain grow and um, develop more gray matter. Um, I'm gonna get a little technical with this. Um, so for example, one of the research, research studies that I found said that action video games experiences lead to, here we go, enhanced performance on a number of tasks. For example, action game players outperform their peers on multiple object tracking tasks, wherein participants must track their, sorry, track mainly independently, so many independent, I'm screwing up here. Wherein participants must track many independently moving objects, therefore displaying the enhanced capacity of the attentional system. That was by Green and Braveler in 2006. They also said that um, these people also perform better on the useful field of view task, where participants must localize a quickly flash target among a host of distracting objects. Uh, so that pretty much means, you know, focus in on something that just kind of pops out when you know there's a bunch of other stuff. So kind of think about like those um, police training things, like who to shoot, who not to shoot, like you know, what you do almost inside the movies and TV shows, that kind of stuff. Um, and this skill indexes the ability to deploy attention over space and is one of the most, one of the best perceptual credit, um, credit, predictors of driving accident rates in older persons for outperforming standard measure of acuity. So part of that study was also done because they, well, I think it maybe was actually another study, but they focused in on about 400 and so elderly people like over the age of 50 and found that, you know, doing certain tests and stuff like that actually helped them reduce their rate of on fault collisions by one for each year which is actually helpful for them because you know it means that they're actually really focusing more on driving than other things and they're more aware now the difference between on fault and at fault driving accidents this pretty much means that you know, they aren't the cause of the accident so it's something that was almost out of their control in a sense so that's pretty good that's that's actually pretty good now, action game players also demonstrate superior capabilities on the intentional blink task wherein participants must parse a stream of letters presented one after the other at a fast pace, which is 10 hertz, indicating faster temporal characteristics of visual, uh, visual attention. 
Participants skilled in action game playing can also remove visual details in the context of tightly packed distractors, as in the crowding task, meaning a bunch of stuff. In this task, flanking objects above and below a center target negatively affects the ability to identify the center target. In doing so, such participants exhibit higher spatical resolution of visual processing. In some, it pretty much means that even with a bunch of other things happening, they're still really able to focus in on that center thing that they should be doing. Um, and action video game players also demonstrate enhanced mental rotation abilities. So that means, you know, being well, movement. Um, Additional video game experience is shown to transfer even to high-level real-world tasks such as piloting procedures, which doesn't really surprise me considering that there are so many flight simulators that people do to actually get, like, build-up experience for their pilot license. So that one, I'm not all that surprised, to be quite honest. Now, the critique of these, well, that study was that, you know, it's likely that individuals with some type of inherent talent and or skill will really flock to those kind of uh, type of activities that reward, you know, that inherent uh, ability. For example, I don't know, for instance, individuals born with superior hand and eye coordination may be quite successful at some games that, you know, really help that. Uh, whereas individuals born with poor hand and eye coordination may tend to avoid those games that require that same kind of skill. So it's it's a little skewed in a sense, but it's still very relevant. Now, there are other benefits though. For example, in hospitals. Studies have actually found that previous recreational gaming is associated with greater surgical skill. Especially for something called, I'm probably going to screw this up, laparosectomy. Laparoscopy. Laparoscopy. I think that's it. So, laparoscopy is a surgery that uses thin lighted tube, sorry, uses a thin lighted tube um, put through a cut or an incision in the belly to look for abdominal organs or the female pelvic organs. It's also used to find problems such as cysts, sorry, cysts, cysts, um, adhesions, fibroids, and infection. Tissue samples can be taken for biopsy through the tube as well. Um, so it's really helpful, especially for women. Well, women getting their surgeries done. And, um, in addition to that though, serious gaming is potentially a good method for learning clinical decision-making and patient interactions. So the more complex something is and the more uh, things happen, the better it is for the person who's dealing in the medical field to actually discern like what should I do next, how to really handle the situation, that kind of stuff. Which is awesome. Now, something that's also there is something that is a little funny because it wasn't. It's obviously not really made for this. But in two studies, um, 
I do not know how to say these names, so I won't try. But they have demonstrated that Wii-based um, serious gaming is an effective alternative to establish rehabilitation therapy and promotes motor recovery after strokes. So I'm guessing that's along the lines of, you know, that's helping them to really gain back their motor um, functions because they actually have to do things. I'm thinking like of eSports at the moment, are you doing that? Um, though, you know, maybe Connect could have done something if Connect still was around. But another area of patient-oriented serious gaming is disease management and profession, sorry, prevention. A number of studies have described the successful use of serious games to prevent obesity and type 2 diabetes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing that's more along the lines of helping them to really figure out what they should be doing and also getting them more active so that it doesn't quite reach those levels that are bad. Um, I'm, I'm still not 100% sure on that one, but, well, sure on exactly how it works, I should say, but the studies are out there and shows it that it actually does work. Another thing is for those who have dyslexia. It's actually been shown that dyslexics can improve their reading comprehension following heavy action games. And it's believed that, much like I said before, the more complex it is and the more changing environments, uh, these actually help to prevent, so to promote better focus outside of the game. And of course, you know, inside the game too. Some other, another thing, better eyesight. So, in gaming, and in moderate gaming, moderation, gaming could improve eyesight. And they found that in a study of, that took place over 10 weeks of play, was associated with higher visual abilities to discern between different shades of gray. And another study found that players using only their lazy eye, so an eye that kind of moves around, um, or kind of goes off on some, instead of their good eye, showed significant and even sometimes normalized improvements. Normalized improvements meaning, you know, they see as per the normal human being should be seen. Sorry. Um, one other thing is that it helps improve confidence and leadership abilities. So certain games promote taking the initiative and being a leader in a social or you know, even if it's a computer-based game, they're still taking the lead in something. Um, so examples are providing for communities, securing people. Uh, I'm really thinking about those walk and turn quests where you actually have to like walk someone from one place to another place by keeping them protected from enemies, kind of thing. I'm thinking World of Warcraft is that's the most... That's the game I've done the most of that in. Um, researchers say that these types of in-game activities can help in displaying motivation in the real world and even help with career goals. And it could also help in, you know, getting faster on your feet when a crisis comes up. So, 
you're more fast thinking, you can actually react more, more faster to certain situations. Um, be it at work, at home, with friends, wherever. This one I found to be an interesting thing because I've really noticed it more with games like Assassin's Creed. And that is almost a thirst for knowledge, I like to say. Um, there are other games that do take, you know, historical elements and events and but not. But these type of games can spark an interest in gamers to discover more about that element, the events or a time period, or even different cultures from around the world in which these games are portraying. And these could be things that these people would never have gotten the chance to see or experience or anything like that. And so it really raises that awareness and that can really help with, um, well, with learning and like getting people more interested in different topics that, you know, if you just put them, put a book in front of them and set them in front of a class, they may not have really ever either one understood or two got really interested in. This was, the next one's going to be kind of interesting. And it's because of improved physical activity. You heard me. Gaming can improve your physical activity. Yes, mom. I'm improving my physical activity by sitting on the couch and gaming. Yeah. Um, no, seriously though. Um, some games do, do promote whole body level interaction. And I'm really thinking about Wii U Sports and Wii Sports for this one. And even the more recently, like, ARMS game for the Nintendo Switch. And plus, you know, the old Microsoft Connect, where you actually have to move elements of your body around, you know, or move left, right, that kind of thing, to really move around and interact within the game. These kind of things can, of course, make you active, because you actually have to do that to play the game. Um, so games like this could be basketball, well, hold on, before I get into that, well, yeah, there's also the element that games like basketball, skateboarding, tennis, etc., can actually help you become interested in said sport and maybe go out and do it in the real world, instead of just inside or with friends and stuff like that inside um, so then that helps to promote the physical activity aspect of well, gaming and well there's also the element that when you're really intense inside a game and you're moving left and right and thinking that you're actually helping and you're really not because you're just dealing with a controller based kind of thing and I'm getting flashbacks which try not to you do look weird but I'm being a hypocrite because I still do it from time to time and like games like arms and stuff like that's not helping the situation because I found myself going like yeah block attack and I'm doomed and like that's 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 not helping me at all um next one pain relief in both physical and emotional pain one thing that many people will probably tell you is you know Think of something else, do something else, get your mind off of the fact. And it will help bring down the pain because you're not focusing on the pain as much anymore. Um, or, you know, you could pinch yourself and that relocates pain somewhere else that's more fresh, but that just causes more pain. Um, 
So while cases like that have been shown to be true to some effect, gaming actually produces an allergenic response and sends dopamine to our brains when something goes right. So, yeah, gaming can also help your sense of well-being mentally. Now, yeah, there's the whole dopamine aspect which can get addicting and there's a whole other debate on the different elements of gaming such as the harmonic gaming and obsessive gaming. The harmonic gaming being or better suited and the obsessive being one that's really bad for you because um, you're always wanting to game and you're not really be doing anything else that's good for you. But, you know, if you keep things in moderation and you keep it harmonic, then you should be fine with all these different benefits. But uh, getting back onto that, some are even looking at VR or virtual reality systems to be placed in hospitals just for this reason. And a lot of people are thinking that virtual reality sports or virtual reality esports might become the ultimate kind of brain building experience in the future. Plus, the ultimate kind of game in the future. Um, then, of course, there's the whole socializing element to it, where, you know, people tell you, and I've had my own mother tell me, love you, mom, that I need to go out and spend more time with friends instead of playing these games on my computer. In my mind, I'm thinking, you know, but I am spending time with friends. I am just spending time with them virtually. Like, we're playing this game together. Like, I, my real-life friend, I am playing with them in this game. Um, and we're talking on Skype or Hangouts or something like that. Or, like, Discord. And, or I'm playing with my guild. And, like, so... They found that multiplayer games often have you meet people, even if it's just to team up and beat a boss. And I'm really thinking things along the lines of like Star Wars The Old Republic, where you can join up to do like a quest, or World of Warcraft, where you join up with some random people to do a quest, or a dungeon, or something like that. Um, these social aspects of gaming can help people actually become friends. So you, make, you are making new friends by playing these games. And you can play with current friends in either online or real world, and that helps your friendship building as well. Now, not only that, things such as guilds, clans, free companies, I'm looking at you, Final Fantasy, um, help this process in the same way that a real-life group can. So, much like you going to a group event, you know, doing a raid with your guilds or whatever it is, it's very similar in concept. It's just, you know, you don't have that physical activity that's inside of it, but you still have the emotional, you still have the, um, the um, verbal and auditory kind of elements to it, and you're still getting this, almost the same kind of fun. Um, sometimes, of course, well, I, I kind of already talked about that. Uh, so the next one is multiple sclerosis. I'm kind of getting deep with this one. While there's no medication that's been found to help those with medical sclerosis, 
even though you know there are fundings and stuff like that to try and find a cure to really help these people. Um, one study found that persons with MS who displayed games requiring physical interaction while standing on a balance board, meaning you know something that kind of moves around like that and they have to try and keep balance on it, um, they actually showed improvement after those games. Um, of course, it would take a lot of time to really develop that and bring it up to focus, but well, bring it up to par. But it, the fact that it helps even just a little bit when there's been no other cure at all, I think that's a win. I really think that's a win. Um, there's also the fact of adaptability that these games help. So, adaptability being that. Since most action games require quick thinking, because you know, either you're trying to stay alive or you're trying to beat somebody. Um, with new elements being co introduced consistently throughout the game, either if it's just something moving inside the bush, for example, um, gamers have to be adaptable. They have to be able to turn around, they have to be able to um, engage something, they have to be able to not engage something and actually go away by trying to figure out what it is without it actually knowing, like, just having an idea of what it is. Um, and a study found out that players who play fast-paced games were actually 25% faster in reaction reacting to questions about images they just seen versus non-players. So that's pretty much a test to say. Um, show you a card with an image on it, take a card away, ask questions about it, so it's bringing back so, um, cognitive, um, uh, boy, I forget the exact uh, reference to it, but it helps your cognition and actually with remembering stuff. So yeah, memory and adaptability in real world situations, that's awesome. People with vices such as smoking, drinking, overeating, uh, the list could go on. I'm not going to spend too much time going over that. But instead of doing those vices, you can actually pick up a game controller. And they found that around 24% um, of people have find a decrease in desire for their vice after playing a puzzle-based game. So it could be an MMO game, and I'm thinking like Guild Wars 2, for example, where they actually have like jumping puzzles and like you have to figure out how to really move around somewhere um, to get the prize. Or, you know, it could actually be like an actual puzzle game. And just playing a game could help you with your vice. That in turn comes to less stress. A major study which tracked gamers over six months. So this is a, a long-term kind of study. Um, they measured their, their players' heart rates and found that certain titles reduced adrenaline response by over 50%. Which is cool. Like, it means you're, you're not reacting to things as often. Um, and like, it's not getting your heart going and going and going and like, you're, it's not putting a stress on your heart. Um, and they're taking that to also mean like mental stress, you know, if that's not happening with your heart, then you're probably not getting as much mental stress with it as well. But, you know, I think about it, I'm like, 
when you've been killed 20 times in a row instead of a game, and you just get pissed. I don't think it's quite out right But, in casual gaming, yes. I know I personally do game, and when I'm stressed in a game, it helps blow through that. Another thing is bullying. Okay, so I'm not talking about like back in the day when people used to get, or even maybe currently. Um, I haven't really dealt with that kind of situation. I haven't really heard too much about it either. But I know, for example, back in the day, nerds or geeks used to get bullied a lot because they either liked certain things or played games or decided on the next. But in today's world, um, they've actually found that people who play games and have played both hero and villain, when the person is playing the villain character, they feel a much greater sense of remorse when they're actually doing the more villainous kind of activities. So it actually helps reduce the level of bullying. So in a sense, gaming helps reduce bullying. I'm not sure how politically correct that statement is, though. That can come back to bite me. But, the last one we're going to talk on, because I said I wasn't going to go over half an hour with this uh, esports rap, is that it actually helps with autism. So, yeah, I'm kind of going over a lot of kind of heavy topics. I've gone over uh, surgery, I've gone over like. Uh, Ah, dyslexia, I've gone over multiple sclerosis, I've gone over vices, and now I'm going over autism. Gamers using, gamers who have autism, using their entire body to control on-screen movement have been shown to be more engaged in celebrating victories with their friends and peers. Now, that's actually a pretty big thing, because those with autism actually tend, sometimes show a lack of communication skills, meaning that they don't quite know how to react to other people when situations happen. The fact they are more easily able to celebrate a win, I think that's fantastic. Like, that is amazing. I, like, I keep saying that, but I'm finding like these benefits really are great. Um, but moving past that, um, one study even found that sharing, just simply sharing space with multiple gamers can increase the social interaction for those with autism. So just being around other people playing games, which I think the reason why, well, I can't say this, but, well, without like a hundred percent knowing it, but. Maybe that's the reason why game rooms did so well back in the day. Just the simple fact that you've got a bunch of people all around one another playing games together in one particular area was maybe why it helped so many people get over different things back in the day. Like, I kind of miss those game rooms, and it's kind of sad that they've gone away, except when, if you're clicking and you look in somewhere like Japan, which like still has those places. But... Yeah, so, to go over that list 
just too long, didn't listen, came in at the end. Gaming helps with, well, complex gaming helps with memory, it helps with improved blood flow, strategizing, and visual acuity, special awareness around you, increasing gray matter throughout your brain, interconnectivity throughout your brain. It helps with becoming a better surgeon and getting better accuracy with things. It helps with dyslexia. It helps with eyesight. It helps people trying to go through physical therapy. Um, it helps with confidence and leadership, leadership abilities. It increases your ability to want to learn more. It increases your physical activity, both because you're playing and it also makes you maybe want to play other like actual physical sports. It helps with pain relief. It helps with socializing. It helps with multiple scler um, sclerosis. It helps with adaptability and like um, being able to react to better cognitive abilities. It helps with your vices and like getting rid of them or at least decreasing the desire for them. It helps with getting um, rid of stress. It lowers the chances of bullying and it helps those with autism. So that's a lot of stuff right there. And like that's not even me really fully going into even like the more heavy and in-depth stuff. Plus, there are still more and more case studies being done on this stuff, like as things go on. So, I'm going to end the show here. I'd like to thank all of you for watching. The show will be going um, on weekly on Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Um, I'm not sure what the next topic will be just yet, but as always, feel free to join in whenever you feel like. Leave me messages and comments in live chat or just like private message me, whatever it is. And I will make sure to respond back to you. And you know, if you've got a suggestion for a particular topic or something like that, let me know about that too. You never know. It may actually become a show. This entire thing is built for you guys. That's, that's the whole purpose. For your support, it helps tremendously. So I'll see you guys next week for eSports Wrap, and my next show is on Thursday, that's going to be Tech Talk. That's also going to be at 6.30, so keep an eye out for it then. Take care. Until next time, Mocha Feast, signing out.